Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. This podcast will seek to define and explain this important question from multiple points of view. We will interview owners, breeders, caregivers, defenders, advocates, champions, and educators. The mission of my podcast is to seek and foster collaborative conversations where every point of view feels heard, acknowledged, and appreciated. I look forward to you joining me on this journey toward a better understanding of each other. It is possible to have an impossible conversation. It starts with listening for common ground first. I am so glad you're here listening in with me. Now let's see what my next guest has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and thank you again for coming to Why Do Pets Matter? I'm the host, and today I'm talking with Jonah Karina Wisenant. She's a psychotherapist in private practice. She deals with adults, and she also has a niche in her practice of helping adults address pet loss. Jonah, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. It is a pleasure to have you. We've been chatting before the recording and we have touched on so many important things that I know you'll be a repeat uh, presenter here on the podcast because there's so much we can talk about. But today, because of the life we're living right now um, in COVID-19, I'd love to hear first, the first question, why do pets matter to you? And then how this period of sheltering in place and things having to do with pets and pet loss have impacted your practice. So first, why do pets matter to you, Jonah Karina? Well, I have a belief that all living beings matter. I don't see a division in importance between any living being. doesn't mean that pets are going to vote. But I have a thing about respect for anybody walking on the earth. Anybody. Everyone counts. Every living being counts. And I have a particular niche. Um, It's not just a niche. It's something I was born into. It was something I was meant for. I have a very, very, very deep sense of compassion, attachment, whatever you want to call it, to animals. And that's where I focus. Some people... Um, focus on um, human beings and healthcare. Um, that's just their thing. They're, you have tree surgeons. So we have all kinds of people who are helping others in the world. And my particular heart-centered purpose is animals. When I see a hurt animal, I hurt. And I just want to make it better for other people like me. So I see people, they have pet loss issues and they come in and they grieve. And that's what I'm meant to do. And that's why pets matter, because I love animals. And the way animals really impact our lives, yours and mine, as well as our clients, um, makes a big difference in how we practice. Um, Pet loss creates an incredible degree of stress on pet owners. Would you you agree? Uh, More than I could say. Yes, absolutely. And that stress manifests in certain ways and and unfortunately we talked about this before um many people don't get it how people react to pet loss well that's because that's because we divide up human we divide up living beings even human beings uh 
need to work on having compassion and respect for each other. Animals are a whole different life form. So if human beings can't connect all the time with each other, have compassion, how is it that we're going to embrace other kinds of living beings? The animals are seen, we each have different roles in this life. Everybody has their own purpose here. And it doesn't mean that one is less than the other. And it doesn't mean that, um, that you know, cats and dogs and rabbits and so on and so forth are, get voting rights or they, it's, it's not the same thing. You know, like monkeys climb trees, maybe rabbits don't. So there's, everybody's different. All human beings, all life forms are different. We don't, I don't see any living being as unnecessary. Everybody, everybody and anybody belongs here. And that's how I see it. And, and I couldn't agree with you more because I think that in, in our lives, I mean, some people are not animal um, advocates or, or want animals in their lives. And that's okay too. I always want to put a plug in there. Why do pets matter? If they don't matter to you, that's okay. Um, They're the most disenfranchised people in the universe. We really, as pet owners, we can't understand that, but but they have their reasons and, and that's okay. Uh, but pets who actually become part of the fabric of your life have their own personalities, have their own feelings. And actually, you said before, and it really resonated with me, they're receptacles for our emotions. So tell me a little bit more about that, you know, their personalities, their feelings, and, and then their receptacles for our personalities and feelings and emotions. Well, some people... <laughs> have anonymous blogs and express their feelings that way. They relate to the world um, in ways in which you can't see. You also have road rage, um, we, you know, where people are normally presentable and calm and interact with people and you put them in a car and away they go. There's the beeping and the honking and the yelling. Um, animals don't talk and they're, one thing I don't agree with is that animals are unconditional. People say dogs have unconditional love. If you abuse a dog, they're not going to be unconditional. They're not going to give you unconditional love. No, they're, they're going to give you fear love. They're going to give you fear love. They'll be afraid, sort of like children. Exactly, exactly. So animals are living beings. You know, I have a thing for trees, too, but uh, it's difficult to communicate with a tree. <laughs> they just kind of stand there. I, I know they have, I read a book on trees and they have their own kind of uh, communication going on with each other. And uh, they're really good for our environment, but animals are responsive. So they're responsive and we could assign to them anything we want to assign. The thing is though, uh, we do create relationships with them. So animals are, uh, they're there when nobody else is. They don't go out. Well, some have pet doors and they go out and they come back. But we assign to them what we need to have in our own lives. I see it a little bit differently. I adopted a lot of all my pets are rescued. And I see myself as a caretaker. They're my family. And I take care of them. And I have this thing about respecting, actually my whole family does, especially my husband. Um, they They have their own sense of being. They have likes, they have dislikes, they have fights with each other, they have sibling rivalry, they get jealous of each other. So they, they're they not, um, we could assign things to them 
but it's not exclusive. There's some relationship that we have with them. And human beings isolate themselves. You could be in a room full of people. You could have a, a million likes on LinkedIn and Twitter, and you could have a huge following. But if your heart or the, the things that are not important to you can't come out, you could always relate to an animal because you don't have to explain anything to them. We have the need for connection. The number one thing that is really, really difficult for people is loneliness and isolation. There's been a million studies about this. Pets are our family, our friends, our companions. So we could put what we want into them, but they're also responsive. Does that make sense? They are, absolutely. And it makes total sense to me because even though um, we can put ourselves in isolation, pets really can't put themselves in isolation. Maybe their owners can put them in isolation, um, but pets don't choose. Um, most of them don't choose to be in isolation. They may take a break, um, but they are always willing to be with you, at least in my experience. Absolutely. So whatever somebody is holding, you can hang out with your pet and they're not going to leave you. If you take care of them and you love them, if you're kind to them, they're going to be responsive. But they don't care what color your hair is. They don't care if you do Reiki. They don't care if you're a lawyer. They don't care how much money you make. They don't care if you have a yacht. They don't care if you are on state insurance. They don't care if you're on welfare. They don't care. They just relate to you as you are. And I think that animals are teachers in that regard. It really, in my life at least, being able to have them teach me how to be mindful and how to really ground myself because they do that. There are times when um, they take a time out. Um, they really do. They they take a time out. They understand that there's there's something going on and they need like right now my my young dog is is sleeping here uh because he knows I'm recording this podcast otherwise he would be up jumping on me and and he he feels that I think and I know we talked about this before but they really do um they connect with us um in a way that we probably will never ever understand but be so grateful for well I'm trying I'm I'm a student and I'm learning and it I don't have the gift that they have of just being present um and it is a kind of mindfulness but we don't need um we don't need the details to be connected to each other but yet one of the first things we ask what do you do for a living what's your culture where, where do you, where you live from? yeah where do you live Happy where are you from right they never ask us Happy that they don't care no, they don't care. How big is your house? And um, they don't care. So animals are representative of our need for connection. We're starving for connection. And the more I love technology, I primarily treat engineers in my practice. I love technology. I understand the lifestyle. Um, so I don't have a problem with technology. What I do have a problem with is people are suffering because of it. And now more than ever, because where we used to meet up with people now because of COVID-19, it is becoming more and more um, technological as opposed to personal. Absolutely. It's 
And I, and I said to my husband this morning, I can't wait. I said, I, I really enjoying telehealth. I actually, I went kicking and screaming. I didn't want to do it. I've been doing this 34 years. And for most of those years, it was not telehealth. Um, and he goes, get used to it. You're in it for the long run. And it hit me, you know, he's right. Actually, at that moment, I went and I picked up the cat. I needed the cat. Yeah. And I needed comfort because she understands. Yeah. Maybe she, I want her to understand. It was a very um, sort of like, he said that to me a number of times. And I know he's trying to get me to see something, that this is the way of the future. This might be the way of the future. And all we have, all we're going to have is um, the people in our house and our pets. We could touch our pets. And a million times I've said over the past couple of weeks, cats and dogs don't get this disease. And somebody said to me, their fur can get it. Their fur can have, you know, that was difficult to hear. Yeah, they, they have found that it can stay alive on their fur. Uh, however, they've not yet found it to be transferable. So uh, there are a number of studies. The veterinarians that I work with um, all have recognized that it can sit on their fur. Um, however, it is not necessarily gone. Um, they've never connected one from transferring from a cat or a dog to a person. So though it can sit on their fur, it is not yet, to my knowledge, it could be in five minutes, someone can tell me, no, I'm wrong, but uh, that has not been uh, transferable. And quite frankly, um, they really are uh, the things in our lives right now that are bringing us joy. Um, you and I talked before about our animals in our homes now when we're, you know, sheltering in place that have really kept us sane. Um, my son mentioned this morning that uh, there's a shortage of pets in shelters. And uh, I don't know where that is. He says in New York that there's a well, you know increase what? in Yeah, you know what really occurred quite remarkably is that a number of people put in foster applications before the shelter in place happened or immediately right after before everything was shut down here in New York um, and actually recognized their need to help because people might not be able to get to the shelters to take care of the dogs and also fostering the dog um, would give them the opportunity to have some living being in their home and also uh, be able to get out and walk the the pet. So, you know, other types of living beings are necessary. This would be much harder without them. Can you see that? Absolutely. I, I've put up, uh, I've been blessed to have uh, two little puppies come right before the shutdown. And I've put up pictures of them that go viral because everyone is looking for something that gives them um, love and affection, even if it's just a video, but that warm feeling in their heart. Well, I fell in love with the little rum raisins right away. Yeah. <laughs> so it works for me. Yeah. They, but we need, it, we need our pets. We need animals in our lives. There are people who are, um, this is not their calling. This is not their way. And that's fine because they have other talents. They bring other things to the world. Thank you so but much for saying that, <laughs> because I have to tell you that when I work with people who are not avid animal lovers, they really feel um, a disconnect. And I said, you know, I get it. I said, there are days, and I'm sure there are days um, for you, Jonah Karina, when the care of animals on top of everything else we do as, you know, uh, professionals and, and mothers and 
uh, wives and just people, it gets to be a lot. Um, and you sit there and you go, and I have one more thing to do because I have to take care of my pets. And I know when I'm on vacation, and I'm not taking care of my pets. I miss them terribly, but I really don't miss picking up the poop. I have to tell you. <laughs> I, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind. I, I will do anything for my pets. And, you know, quite possibly it's because my kids are now young adults. Um, for some people, it's a parental thing. Um, you know, when you've had a bunch of kids and then they grow up, um, it's, you know, pets are great to take care of. Absolutely. So it's not for every, that's not everybody. But I do get people um, in my practice who are not pet lovers. They don't, they, they're on a different wavelength, but they do amazing things. They have, everybody has a calling. So just because somebody is not a pet person, it doesn't mean I don't have respect for them. And there are people who come in that are not pet lovers. Um, their pet died, their spouse sent them, or they come in as a family, or they come in as couples. And um, it's really important to acknowledge the non-pet lovers in the group. Absolutely. So Absolutely. One, one, one partner will be grieving. I've gotten this actually quite a lot. One partner will be deeply grieving. The, the other one um, doesn't get it and thinks that she's, you know, the, the partner should be in therapy because of this. I'm so glad you went there because that was how I'd love to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes because you've seen this on the front line and so have I. You know, when pets are lost, the deep grieving that goes on um, and different deep grieving, you know, the person who sends their spouse to a therapist because they're too wrapped up may be just pushing down their feelings because they don't think they're appropriate. Um, and, and so how do you deal with that? Because it's the, it's the person who's not feeling and the person who's feeling that both need similar assistance. Well, there's 10 different ways to go. Right. At least one way, one way is asking questions and asking that person where they come from. One of the actually in this whole pet loss genre in my entire life, one of the best conversations, one of the most, the thing, it was two things that happened that were really powerful. And one was a conversation I had with my amazing and profoundly amazing, wonderful sister-in-law who grew up on a farm in Wisconsin. And she, her kids didn't have pets. Um, my niece had like a pet rat in uh, my brother-in-law's uh, motorcycle shop at yep. one point. But they didn't have pets. And, you know, we always had, had lots of pets. And, um, but she told me why. Because when you live on a farm, um, things happen to animals. Different things happen to animals. And it's all in the, the, the course of being. That's the way it is. And I understood her. And I felt this amazing connection. I, I was so grateful to her for telling me that. Not too many people are going to share that with you. Yep. Or tell you that. So from, I, I was never mean to non-animal lovers. I never had a problem with non-animal animal lovers, but I make that a regular part of my practice, actually. I bring in that, that element. So when somebody is sitting there and they're sitting on opposite sides of the couch or opposite sides of the room, and usually one of them is not giving eye contact and they're scowling and, um, 
I ask them, you know, what their story is. That's a very important story to have. So if one person is not an animal lover, that's, there's reasons for that. They weren't exposed to it. Maybe they're like a surgeon and they're working their butt off, or maybe they're, you know, they have their energy is someplace else. So the story then becomes in accepting each other as they are. And that means the animal lover and the, the non-animal lover needs to get just as much time as the animal lover. So it's also about respecting the needs and the boundaries of the person who doesn't love the animal. That's a lot about pet loss, actually. Huge. Absolutely. Because the the way in which we care for our pets um, it can be can be difficult to articulate um, in this new world of um, animal rights, animal welfare, because there are different ways to care for pets. And as, I loved what you said, you know, there are boundaries. There are boundaries where that's just over the top for that pet or that's not enough for that pet. And finding that happy medium and allowing um, Jonah Karina to keep her pets in her house on her pillows um, and Deborah Hamilton keeping her pets outside, you know, herding the sheep, if those are the kind of dogs she has, that's both of those pet ownerships um, are okay. And in this world, uh, that sometimes is, is difficult to imagine um, for some, for some people. I love the way you put it. You know, you need to understand the needs and boundaries of someone who doesn't, you know, care for pets to the extreme, um, but the pets are well and healthy and, and um, happy. They just don't live in your house. That's exactly it. Everybody is different. So when I say reverence for all life, yep. I do include people who don't, are not as connected to animals as we are. Right. So a lot, a lot of the animal community, um, I've always wanted to um, sort of go into organizations like Greenpeace or, you know, things like that, organizations like that, and talk about how can we work more cooperatively with whomever you're at war with. Right. At war never works. No, or in conflict with. Yeah, at war so, and in conflict doesn't work and it doesn't help the animal. It simply really fosters your point of view without um, allowing and, and, and accepting an articulation of a point of view that might be different. So uh, one person that opened my eyes um, was Temple Grandin um, because it took a while before I realized I knew what she did for a living. And she, I believe she designed slaughterhouses you mean slaughterhouses yep she does and um i've been a vegetarian my whole life and uh i didn't i, I do respect non-vegetarians i don't have any judgment against anybody else slaughterhouses have always been the kind of thing um that i it brings a lot of pain it brings a lot of visual imagery for me it's um something that i'm not it's not my genre. Right. But she, she gave me, we went to see her speak and she talked about this and I fell in love with how she described it and how she um, passes this on to people, how she, um, she describes it humanely and lovingly. And I think that's what we need. 
We need people who are willing, um, who are going to do what they're going to do. I, I mean, I don't believe in animal slaughter, you know, for whatever consequences. And, you know, this is not a political thing at all. It's just something that brings a lot of pain for me to think about animals getting hurt. But I respect what she does. And I'm grateful that she does this. I have to say, so Temple wrote one of the reviews of my book, um, Nipped in the Bud, Not in the Bud, How to Use Mediation to Resolve Conflicts Over Animals. And she said, this is the best way to have a conversation because you have someone there holding a safe space for both opinions. And Sean Heinrich, Sean Heinrich who um, did the wonderful movie Racing Extinction, also uh, was on the same trajectory as, as um, Temple in that he was showing the people who were doing the you know shark fin um, hunting and um, uh, stingray, you know the beautiful stingray lung collection. Um, what these animals look like because they had no idea. They always just you know caught them from above. They don't scuba dive. Um, that's they don't have scuba diving equipment, so they would just you know capture these animals and and sell them because that's how they made a living. And he brought a film of these animals swimming in the in the oceans. And the people who are currently harvesting um, these pieces of animals were like, wow. And the younger people went, wow. And so you're shifting a paradigm. So I love when you said, I'm, you know, I'm a vegetarian. I don't, you know, feel that I want to eat meat, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to condemn the rest of the universe. When I go to um, programs that talk about veganism and vegetarianism and no slaughter, I get it. You know, I truly, you know, I'm a city kid, so I'm not a farm person. I thought it was great when you said, you know, pets on a farm are totally different than pets in your home. Uh, That is totally different. But if we give people time to really explore what they want, how they want it. Um, I, Temple and I have had long conversations about her method of slaughter um, that it, it, using the word slaughter is, conjures up such terrible things in your mind. Um, however, if we, if we hold a safe space, it may not end today, it may not end five years from now, but we could create, um, because of the new you know, non um, meat, meat that's out there now, the Impossible Burger at Burger King. Uh, we are slowly but surely creating alternatives that may, in fact, work, and then we will lessen the number of animals. I mean, if you if you ex- exponentially play it out, you have horses that are you know wild horses that are being pushed off the range because of the cattle that need to be raised to feed our nation. And that's a whole nother discussion. But if we could lessen that, if we could um, figure out a way to do things differently, that might work to the benefit of the cows, that might work to the benefit of the people with high cholesterol, that might work to the benefit to the wild horses. It's such an interwoven conversation that it doesn't just start with, I hate all people who eat meat. It starts with, let's have a conversation. Exactly. That's how it works. And if we have not a conversation, right. Not everybody's a vegetarian. What you said was really profound before. It's not so much, uh, some people are against breeding animals to sell them. And some people just, there's a lot of unwanted animals just to go get one from a shelter. That's not an argument I want to have because it's not my job to go in and change people's minds. It's my job to respect them as they are 
and help them from the place that they need help from. My whole point, um, aside from being a therapist who treats pet loss, um, is bringing a more a sense of peace to life and, and making sure the animals are taken care of. So that if you, you're a breeder, take, make sure your animals are taken care of. Absolutely. As long as From whelping box or broodmare shed until they transition to every part of their life, you have to be there. If you're not going to be there, don't breed them. Exactly. So it's not so much what people do because, you know, we have an overpopulated planet for a reason. Maybe we're supposed to, you know, bump into each other and learn from each other. But I, so I think it's a matter of sort of respecting animals. Um, so I don't, it's not my decision whether, you know, animals are food or not. It's, it's not for me to say, but it is for me um, to say, just, you know, don't crowd the chickens in the cage. Yeah. Give them space. Give everybody space. I mean, I I think that the things we're learning now about the care of animals um, and the cortisol that comes from that, but we're going to get into that in our next discussion because we're coming to the end of this one. But I just want, Jonah, Karina, thank you so much for being here um, because we've talked about so many really important things that I want to wrap up with. Um, there is a role and a purpose for all animals and no living being is any more or less important. Um, we respect their sense of being and we respect our own sense of being. Um, pet loss is very difficult for some, maybe not so difficult for others, um, but we need to respect how people grieve um, and, and set boundaries so that we don't allow um, our desire to grieve to be um, diminished. And then finally, the connection between people and pets and this stressful time um, has been spoken about in this podcast uh, in a way that is very um, comforting and um, maybe even a little uh, compassionate and empathetic because our pets are actually helping all of us get through this time. They may be the only contact some of us have for a very, for a long time. I hope that's not the case. I hope anything's possible. Anything's possible, right? Anything is possible. I'm not ruling out that you know it's not magical thinking, uh, but I'm just keeping a hope that this is going to heal and this is not going to you know drag out. But pets actually may save some people's lives. Absolutely. There's think, a reason to get up in the morning, and there's a reason to really stay the course. The, the, Bottom line is human beings need connection. Every living being needs connection. You know, I don't know how the snake community works, <laughs> but I, I imagine, you know, all, all, living, all living beings need each other. And that's the lesson here, that we don't have to, we could be different and still get along. That is, that is the perfect way to talk about this at the end of this conversation and to bring new discussions forward in the future. We, we don't need to be the same. Um, and being different might actually help us, you know, as, as both of us know, differences often create a, a new outcome, a new ability to see things differently that make everybody's life better. Absolutely. We're all here for a reason. And if there's really not a reason, we could make a reason. And the, 
we need to learn to respect each other and get along. And the people Absolutely. who can't do that, and those who can't do that hurt. And I, I think it really weighs on their their abilities to cope with this kind of a, a shelter in place because it it really doesn't give them the opportunity to um, be mindful of where they are and, and how important they are to the rest of us. Absolutely. So, you know, go, go stay at your house and hug your cat, hug your dog, pet, you know, they need it. We need it. Stay connected. That's Absolutely. So we've been speaking today on Why Do Pets Matter with Jonah Karina Wisenant. She's a psychotherapist in private practice for adults, and she focuses on pet loss in her practice as well. I want to thank you for coming, and we will have you back again, Jonah. This is Deborah Hamilton, and you've been listening to Why Do Pets Matter? And I hope you'll join us on our next podcast. You've been listening to the podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? This is Deborah Hamilton. Do you have a great idea or guest or topic that you'd like me to cover? Write me at hamiltonlawandmediation.com or email me at whydopetsmatterpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, our pets do matter. Thank you for being here with me.